Oh, this is bad. This is very, very bad. And what do you want? Your brain is completely see-through. So you're something different? Choose. I have chosen. What should we call me? Of course. Paul to open. Paul to open. Yes, and what do you do? One is real, the other's fake. And just to make it more interesting. What? What don't they know? <laughs> this time there's three of us. Anything could happen. Stitch this, mate. Here come the drums! Hello, 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 and welcome to Pull to Open, your choice for a Doctor Who podcast that takes you on a random journey through the entire history of the show. My name is Chris Taylor. And I'm Pete Paschal, and most of the time I am here to remind you that Chris and I are a couple of journalists, a couple of longtime Doctor Who fans, a couple of people who hold controversial opinions occasionally uh, <laughs> about that show, but more on that in a minute, uh, but I'm not <laughs> going to do that this week, okay? And that's because there's an X factor this week. There is something you don't know, dear listener. And Chris, what don't they know? <laughs> This time, there's three of us. <laughs> Welcome, Damla, from the Come Along Pond podcast. Hello. Let's see if we can get the, the OS to give us thumbs ups and fireworks. I don't even know how that works. Yay, <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs up, there fireworks. Is. There Yay. it is. Oh, I know. Raising the roof. I Damla. love that. Damla, tell the people who don't know about Come Along Pond about Come Along Pond. Well, first of all, hello. Um, Hi, yeah. welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, so, Come Along Pond podcast, which should have been called Come Along Pondcast, I know. Uh. But anyway, <laughs> um, basically, it's me and my best friend, Elliot. We talk about Doctor Who, mainly New Who at the moment. And we kind of go at it from a lens of just like two. It's like you and your friend sitting down, hmm. probably gone out the night before. Yep. You sat down the next morning hangover and you're watching Doctor Who and you're making silly little commentary like it's just two people sitting having a gag um and it's mainly also like we kind of look at a lot of stuff from like a queer lens as well because we're both queer Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's kind of like what the pod is really and we also talk about silly things like you know Rose Tyler's outfits and why we love them honestly it's a gag (laughs) Rose Tyler's outfit wow okay I wonder what that like I want to say thank you so much for coming on. I, I've been a fan of your pod for a while, and I first uh, came to see it when I was browsing around on Instagram. Okay. Uh, by the way, pull to open 63 on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> feel free to plug your own. Um, Come along also, pond on Instagram? Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. Yeah, there you go. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I saw you guys do some commentary sometimes, and you clip in sort of footage from the show. Yeah. Great idea, by the way. I wonder where you got that idea. Uh, <laughs> mm, <love> anyway, that. <laughs> you guys always have like fun stuff to say. You guys clearly like are have really great banter, and it's just a pleasure to listen to you guys. But one of the things you guys did, not so recently actually, mm. but I think it was about a few months back now, you actually did this thing where you did a whole show on Doctor Who trailers, like yes. for the new Ooh. series, like all the trailers from the beginning to the end, all the main ones anyway. Yeah. And like for the, for the series. And I was just like, Oh, that was a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I personally love trailers and I just listened to that whole thing the way through. And I definitely uh, disagree with some of your stuff, but generally I thought your feel was (laughs) right. I will die on this hill. I have to say that. I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast. Uh -uh. The series five trailer 
Yeah. Uh, which will become very apt for what we're about to talk about. Mm. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's my opinion, the best, one of the best, if not the best, just because it's like okay. the doctor and Amy on a, a field and then it's like uh, anywhere and anywhere and everything blows up and stuff. Yeah. And I just feel like even though it's sort of nonsensical, it, it to me that epitomizes the Doctor Who about how just crazy it is and just the feel of that trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just always love. Anyway, wow. I just wanted to get that off my chest, but also <laughs> way to go on doing that idea. I was like, damn it, we can't do that idea now, Chris, because yep. they did it. No, you can. Of course you can. You guys have different opinions. Oh, you guys did the definitive one. And there are more trailers now, so, you know. This is true. No, you yeah. guys do the updated version. Yeah, I, I think I think this this may be an indication of how uh, relatively smart our podcasts are. You did the trailers, which is like really easy, right? You just watch a few trailers, like thirty yeah, seconds. Yeah. We did all the cold opens. We <laughs> <laughs> knew who. We were like, this will be easy, and they're all like five, ten minutes each. We're like, oh dear. Uh, yes, we did that to avoid watching the Seeds of Death, which is six episodes, and we're like, we ended up watching more than six episodes worth of cold opens. So, good job. <laughs> Congratulations. I really want to listen to the uh, trailer episode now, so I'll be doing that after this. But we are on this random journey. And uh, Pete, do you want to catch the fine folks up on where we've been so far? Previously on Pull to Open. So, we were in New Who doing some fun stuff with Daleks uh, mm. after a sort of this is the final part of our Dalek trilogy uh, oh, when we yeah. did things on, what was it? Death of the Daleks and the, the, chase. the chase. Yeah. Yes. That's how we kicked off the new year. And <laughs> we finished that trilogy off with the magician's apprentice and the witch's familiar. All good stuff. Yeah, must very, come very to familiar, an end. Familiar uh, story. Yes. Oh yes. Especially um, the drama of uh, Davros and the doctor, which I don't mm-hmm. know. That's uh, that was a, that was a fine one. Um, or and then it took us back to old who barely just creeping <laughs> back slightly into the classic series in one of the last episodes of the classic series for the curse of Fenric. And I uh, won't say so much about that now because we actually have poll results from yep. the curse of Fenric because quite controversially, perhaps Chris and I uh, may have disagreed with uh, many, many classic Fan, classic series fans on that one. That's right. Yeah. You may want to put us in the guillotine for our yeah. opinions on that. <laughs> That's right. And speaking and, uh, of the guillotine. Which we narrowly avoided along with the TARDIS crew in the Reign of Terror, a partially missing episode, which we did last time. And again, I'll rant again. I don't know why this isn't just on BritBox or wherever you can find Doctor Who because right. they have animated episodes and I don't think it's too crazy to go between the two. So, oui, oui. Justice for the Reign of Terror. Exactly. Sorry, that was terrible French accent. <laughs> anyway, we got back in our TARDIS after really, really wanting to go forward for a, for a long time out of Old Who and Pete. Where, where did our well, randomizer take us? You might say the randomizer made the decision. It did. To bring us to Series 5, Episode 7, Amy's Choice. Yes, a.k.a. Yeah. The Dream Lord. That's the original title. Uh, Amy's oh, really? Choice. Yeah. Amy Strauss, perhaps a little less on the nose. Good to know. <laughs> yeah, than the, than the sort of let's reveal who's in this episode. <laughs> uh, the Dream Lord. It's like calling, you know, Terror of the Autons the master. Uh, <laughs> it kind of gives away who's going to show up in it. But anyway. Yeah. yeah, it's really good to get to Series 5 because we haven't so done is. that yeah. in a little while. And it's a favorite among a lot of people um, in New Who. This is obviously Matt Smith's first season. 
And I think this is there's going to be uh, it's it's an interesting one to get out of sequence too. You know, that's yeah. the thing about pull to open is we come at these stories cold, which uh, is a lot different on occasion than going through the run and on sort of a rewatch. Um, so this would be a great one to talk about. A great one to talk about with you, Damla. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, series five. Everyone. We we've only done the beast below. Is that correct? That's the only thing we've done in, in okay. so far. It sounds right. I think yeah. you know, the randomizer has kind of neglected Smith. There's a it big really chunk of Smith that just has ignored, and a lot of that's series five and series six, and especially um, yeah, the, the, the Pond is, era. Yeah, yeah. This is only the second. Yeah, you're right. It's only second one in series five if you don't count a Christmas Carol. Mm. Uh, I think that was technically the first of series six. I don't know. I don't know how they do the specials. They shuffle them in between seasons, and they just kind of put them where they make sense. I guess. Yeah, but certainly right. five. Yeah, renowned as a, as a great season. Demo, you you uh, you feel like you're on that side of the fence. The season in general is yes. like one of the one of the strongest of the show. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, my co-host Elliot w- wouldn't agree. Uh, we mm. both argue about it a lot on our podcast, actually, because I love series five. Mm. I love series. I mean, I love all of Matt's run, to be honest. But Elliot isn't as keen. Interesting. On it, but that's for another time. I think even if you're not a fan of uh, Smith, you got I got to look at some of the big, you know, big highlights of Series Five as some of the uh, some of the best of New Who's done. I think. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Even if you might not like the uh, overall arc, um, but we can. We'll get into it. We'll yeah. get into it, and you can get into it, listeners and viewers on YouTube, uh, because this is a podcast that now has a membership program. Yes, that's right. If you're watching on YouTube, you beca- you can become a true companion of Pull to Open. Uh, for the low, low price of $7.99 a month, you not only get that warm feeling in your hearts of supporting some of your favorite Doctor Who programming, but you can also get the podcast a day early. That's right. Mm. True companions get to listen to Pull to Open Fridays, not Saturdays. Um, so there's yeah. uh, some privileges attached. Means you you get to walk around all Saturday with a very smug look on your face, uh, <laughs> and all the all the folks out there, all the other Doctor Who fans who haven't listened yet, and you're like, yeah, I know what's coming. I know what the randomizer <laughs> chose. Uh, but yes, you can get to be a Viscount. You get to pop up in the screen just like Damla did. And uh, you may also, if you do that, get to participate in the next bit that I always dread and uh, thank you Damla for being here I, I <laughs> hope you're going to join us in this next part Pete what's it called what's that is it the Humoji challenge <laughs> well yes it is yes it's the Humoji challenge the glorious time of the week where uh, I get to torture Chris and an occasional guest with emojis that I describe and they will need to guess the Doctor Who story that those emojis correspond to. And I mm. don't worry, I will put them in the chat, although uh, previous guests have said that the chat <laughs> is microscopic text. Yes. So you can have to maybe squint. Yes. If you okay. can read the tiny emoji that we get in our little Zencaster window here. Yes, it's it won't... Not available... Oh, well, it does actually pop up on the screen for our, for our viewers. Okay. On Spotify and YouTube, so they can play along. Nice one. Okay. All right, you guys. Here we go. Are you ready for this? Yes. On buzzers. All right. This is a. <laughs> oh boy. Aptly, this is going to be a tricky one. <sighs> it's tricky five choice. emojis. Oh no, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so okay. the first one is a silhouette of a person. Okay. 
second one is another silhouette of a person. Okay. Uh, the fourth one is a city skyline with the sunrise, I believe. Hang on, the fourth one? The fourth emoji. Okay, what was the third so There's one? three silhouettes. Three silhouettes, okay, yes. Three and silhouettes in a city. City skyline, okay. sunrise. And then uh, it's the little island with the the umbrella on it. Oh, okay. You know? So I'm going to put all this in the chat. Hold on. Okay, okay. So like, like the palm tree, you know. <laughs> exactly. Island. Okay. There it is. Silhouettes, okay. city, vacation, island. Uh, is it city, city of death? No. Although city of death is city of a death. holiday. I was stupidly thinking maybe silence in the library because of the shadows and you know oh. Vashnarada and all that. But then, but I don't know how an island would come into it. Or like, it's not a holiday where they go in the um. I forget what it's called. The, the in the the yeah the 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 where you go into the library in your head. Exactly. You know, the, the Doctor exactly. Moon bit. Yes. Exactly the Doctor not, Moon bit. Not silence in the library. Um, okay. Oh my gosh. Three shadows. The, yeah. The three. It's, the skyline again it's the skyline that's throwing me off because yeah. uh, it's making me think gridlock but that's not gridlock like the the, the rest of it isn't gridlock so yeah, it's definitely it would not be that. it might be two shadows and a cat uh, exactly <laughs> if there was a cat yeah exactly that would be it oh man uh, well pete you might have to give us the the oh. uh, the big hint of yeah it is a little, it is a little unusual it's a tricky one so i will give you the hint that don't get too fixated on the lo- the two emojis at the end. Okay. Think okay. about those silhouettes at the beginning. Count the okay. shadows. Uh. Well, yeah, that's why I said what I said. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. Mm. Another thing a silhouette could represent other than a shadow. Uh, a, a, a death. A, a, oh, my uh, God. Oh, is it? Fires? No, it's not fires of Pompeii. Um, it's like those are people, but they're... Oh my god! Uh, no, it, no, it can't be Army of Ghosts, can it? Because no, that doesn't Ooh. make sense. No, yes, Army of Ghosts, Doomsday, Army of Ghosts. It's Army of Ghosts. Of- yes! Yeah! <laughs> nice one! Yay! There you go. Congratulations, Emma! You get to walk away with that trophy. Uh, it should be delivered to you in a form new of champion. <laughs> new champion of the Humoji Challenge. Yay! Come along, Pond. Once again, Grace, uh, Chris, you've been embarrassed by our guests. I, I'm, I've and... never been more happy to be embarrassed by a guest. <laughs> but yeah, the island was throwing me off a little bit. I don't know how it the... It's a bit weird, right? Yeah. yeah. I guess it's maybe the... the What's where's, what's it, the the place that they end For up Canary, at the end? Canary Wharf? Is that... No, no, no. It? It's uh, uh, Dalek Bay or something. Oh, yeah. oh, Dalek of Stranden. Yeah, well, I guess it's also that she's stranded in the uh, the other dimension, so oh, I, I guess see. that's kind of like so, being on an island. Like a yeah. desert Maybe island. that's a stretch. Uh, okay. okay. I mean, you could say, you know, that's sort of a, a representation of Canary Wharf there. <laughs> you could do. A little, little wharf there next to a city. Um, <laughs> ish. Way yeah. of ish. So thank you, Joe Rep, for uh, submitting yeah. those. You too can, of course, submit a Humoji for the Humoji Challenge. And you can do that by leaving a review for Pull to Open on the Apple Podcasts app. Great place to reach out to us. You can leave that Humoji as either the title of review or in the body of it. 
uh, all you got to do is just uh, submit it and you probably might have put a star rating in there. Again, seems five stars for some reason. Don't know why, yeah. uh, but you leave whatever you want. And that's right. And if you are itching to do more as you listen to this podcast, because who just listens to a podcast these days, you can look at your screen. If you're on Spotify, pull up from the bottom. There's a poll. That's right. It's poll to open where you can disagree with our opinions ahead of time, uh, which seems like a very timey-wimey way to do it. Um, And we have some results now from, as previously mentioned, our visit to Curse of Fenric. And uh, yeah, Pete, Pete, the people know like our, our opinions. It's pretty overwhelming that the fans regard this as a Viscount banger, which I, I kind of knew and I kind of understand. So uh, the Viscount banger, far and away the biggest uh, gar- garner of votes in our poll, which That's is right. about a little over half. So it's yeah, pretty, it's a solid majority. Percent, a solid yeah. majority, not even a pretend majority that you stitch together with first past the post shakiness. No, this is a proper fight campaign. People properly love it. And, and we didn't. Our ratings were, I gave it an Ogron, uh, yeah. our worst rating, absolutely irredeemable. <laughs> and Pete, you gave it a Professor Hater, which is a bad episode, but we learned something. They tried yeah. something new. Um, and we did say at the time, like, we, we actually invited people to join us on the podcast. Talk to us about Curse of Fenric. Why do you love it so much? What What is it about it? You know, what aspect of it? So uh, I want to renew that call for people to, to pop up on our screens like Damlo just did. And just come, come school us, please. <laughs> Damlo, yeah, is, we'll is this one you've seen? You've, uh, I haven't. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Fake fan. Fake fan. I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, no, no. Look, I, I had not seen it in its entirety until we did it last week. Like, I, oh, okay. I got stuck at episode one uh, for many years. So <laughs> I feel better. Don't worry about that. Yeah. So um, first, in addition to the poll, we actually do have uh-oh. a Q&A on Spotify. And at least one of the fans has answered your question. And I'm going to read it here. Oh, okay. uh, the handle is not visible. So sorry, I can't attribute this to anyone. But it says it's, it's, a, it's a good multi-layered story that is very atmospheric. Production mm-hmm. values aren't bad. And the action is actually quite good completely disagree with a lot of the criticism on this one. Fair enough. Uh, I think the production values are demonstrably bad, but, (laughs) you know, we can agree to disagree on that. Uh, And again, I I didn't, I don't think we slammed it purely for that. Because, Mm. you know, if you're a Doctor Who fan, especially of the classic series, I mean, production values, you can't have it pulled up that high on your list because it was never a big budget production. Mm. Uh, But I think even with that grading on a curve of classic Who, this one is not good. Again, I'm not necessarily blaming the the crew so much as as that the budget was slashed and the bbc was just you know trying to snuff it out at the time uh but it's yeah. you know you can't really get past that it looks like it was shot in someone's backyard yeah on on terrible video you know you do better with a, an iphone these days recording because Frederick. um but yeah okay well that's good to know our audience loves it uh they they love the mccoy era hopefully the randomizer will take us back there soon uh and we can have more opinions that you disagree with <laughs> all right um is it time it's time yes okay we're we it's time to choose but there is no choice at all kind of maybe appropriately for the story there's no real choice here <laughs> oh, uh, because we always open our commentary with tldw too long didn't watch too long doctor who or too long did watch in this case because uh, who can't sit through 50 minutes of the Doctor, Amy, Rory, and Toby Jones. 
Uh, yes. So, Pete, it is your turn to summarize. This is what we do with TLDW. We summarize in the space of one minute per New Who episode. That's what you have. Mm, uh, I do have that, don't I? One minute to summarize this um, story. How, how are you feeling about that? It's kind of not good, just because every time <laughs> I feel like it's straightforward and I can do this in a minute, it just never happens for some reason. Because this is pretty straightforward and it feels like I should be able to describe it in a minute, but... I, just history's guide is like I'm gonna totally yeah. screw this up. You know what's gonna happen? You, you're gonna do a you're gonna do a perfect perfect TLDW. It's gonna be absolutely pitch perfect, and then you're gonna realize this is a dream. Oh, we're not actually doing the podcast yet. You're just you've just woken up. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that is going to happen, isn't it? Right. Okay. You'll hear the sound of bird song <laughs> at the close of one minute. All right, now I'm, I'm going to get my wake up ready. right now. <laughs> wake, up, okay? wake up! Wake up! Wake <laughs> up! Uh, is this a dream within a dream? Um, all right, so Pete, you have one minute for the official pull to open summary of Amy's choice in three, two, one, go. So the doctor is visiting Amy and Rory in the future in Ledworth and they're married and Amy's pregnant and oh my god wait they just woke up they're in the TARDIS that was a nightmare for the doctor because it was so boring but actually wait a minute now they wake up again and they're back in Ledworth and it's like hold on which which is the dream and which is reality they don't know oh my well what's happening well there's something called the dream lord this guy who's sort of manipulating them and he's basically put them in both of these situations one's a dream one's real and they have to guess which one but there's also a deadly danger in both and the TARDIS are going to get frozen by this cold star and the there's these aliens that have taken over to the old people there and are killing people. So they have to sort of figure things out um, and they're trying. But what happens is uh, Rory actually gets killed in the village by one of the one of the aliens. And then he disintegrates, even though while they're freezing to death in the TARDIS, because the TARDIS has no power. And so what happens is Amy decides she wants to sacrifice herself because she doesn't want to live without Rory. So she and the doctor crash a car. It blows up. They cut. They wake up in the TARDIS. They think it's real. It's not. The, 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 this, that re- neither one of these things was real. And the t- doctor kicks the doctor out of my boat in the TARDIS. Nice. That's pretty good. That's very, pretty good. very good. One minute and two seconds. Uh, I I call that a win. Uh, we'll oh yeah, yeah. It. It's a win in overtime. <laughs> it's a win in overtime. You you basically sank it at the buzzer. Yeah, it is. I guess it's a it's a pretty basic story when you looked at it. It's it's a fake out. It's a double fake out. Yeah. Um, yeah and kinda, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I guess that maybe the first thing to talk about here is that this isn't. It's not necessarily Inception, right? It's 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 kind of easier to follow than the dream within the dream within a dream, even though it is a complex structure when you look at it, that it's like both dreams are fakes and they're actually in a different TARDIS. Um, I don't feel like you're necessarily left wondering or thinking too much about which is the dream, which is reality, right? No, no, I, I, I think... I mean, I mean, you mean during or after? During. I mean, it's it's yeah. sort of to me kind of clear that up, Upper Ledworth. By the way, you said Ledworth, and the the uh, I'll just correct you there. They moved to Upper <laughs> right, Ledworth because right. it was well, a different was... Welsh village they were filming in, so it had to be Upper Ledworth. Um, I think it was like the the adjacent town. Yes, you know, like yeah. it's, or or like part of the town that is a township. Yeah, because it definitely yeah. looked like a completely different place. It, it, it is literally a different place, different Welsh village that they filmed in. So it had to be the slightly fancier, but even more dull Upper Ledworth. Um, but that's like, th- there's no universe in which that is reality, right? The, yeah, exactly. Where, so this is yeah. this is the thing. So 
see Moffat, this is Moffat's first season as showrunner. And one of his hallmarks throughout his run was that he didn't treat companions in the traditional way. They were often, uh, definitely starting with Amy and Rory, had their own lives and the doctor would sort of pop in and out of them. And I think that's a, that was a really cool choice and really interesting what he did with them, with Clara and with Bill. <laughs> The problem is this episode comes very early in Moffat's run. Yeah. So we're not used to that language yet. And so him's having one of the dreams in this sort of future version where the doctor is just popping in, that just seems so obviously right away the dream. Yeah. Because of course you're not going to continue the series from that point in some way or uh, we're, we're going to go back to TARDIS adventures with Amy and Rory as we know. So surely the TARDIS isn't is reality is kind yeah. of what you're meant to think um yeah it's interesting that this was just you know to, to zoom out and look at the the history of the show this was originally the place of this uh story in season five was originally occupied by the doctor's wife oh oh yeah yes. it was going to be oh. in this position that just kept getting pushed until eventually next season right yeah uh, but that was going to be the one that would have the burden of proving that that amy really loves rory which is what this mm -hmm. story is all about right um but yeah so that's what that's the lift that this thing has to make and if you had switched it i feel like maybe we would have had more time to sort of think well may maybe this is five years down the line uh mm. especially in season six which is kind of getting time and wimey all over the place uh you know the doctor right. living on fast forward and all of that um, but Dan, I want to bring you in. What, what was your um, feeling about watching this now versus did did you actually see it at the time or uh, did you yeah. come to it later? Yeah. So I um I was very much watched it at the time. Yeah, this was um I, I've been watching it continuously since two thousand and six. So yeah. yeah, um I was watching it at the time, and I remember like I. I've consistently loved this episode to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Um, but I agree with that, what you guys were just saying there, where it's like, it's very obvious that in no way, especially so early in the season that, you know, the life in Ledworth would be real. There's just, mm. that was never a doubt in my mind. And that's like, I'd say for me, like one of the only negatives of the episode is like, girl be for real that, that was never going to be the one you Come know on. another reason i mean it's not just you know the, the the fact that that would be weird to skip five years ahead and it's not just the ponytail which yeah. I think also makes it <laughs> yes like amy would never accept that um yeah but but also it's the sense of like they they keep falling asleep like in the yeah. middle of the town yeah like, wouldn't right. someone notice wouldn't exactly someone exactly remark on that it seems a yeah bit and there's weird. so many like even even the monsters where there's a point where they claim that our planet was destroyed because of some neighbor and now we're just gonna be bullies to everyone else and the doctor actually says that's credible mm. <laughs> to which yeah. i'm just like wait a minute that doesn't sound credible at all like that, that, <laughs> that sounded like some slapdash thing some writer put in that we would hopefully like not notice was absolute nonsense yeah. So yeah, there's just sort of signal after signal that this isn't real. Mm -hmm. um, but and that p supposedly sets up the mislead that of course the TARDIS is real, and then it turns out it's not. And yeah. And that's like, oh, okay, they're both dream worlds. The thing is, the TARDIS world is so similar to the real world. Uh, you know, they just sort of end up back in the TARDIS again. Yeah. And yeah. kind of a blink and you miss it moment. Like to, you, you could, if you're not watching closely enough, think that the, the TARDIS world, that the cold 
uh, Sun World was actually the real one, and just something has happened to like very quickly heat the TARDIS up or something, right? You know, yeah. really have to be paying attention at that moment. Yeah, and it's called, it's kind of like I wish they didn't. They maybe it doesn't really add much that they're just back in the TARDIS. I wish they'd sort of done something a little bit different and yeah. like maybe they were somewhere and it wasn't just random dust uh, or whatever the doctor finds at the end that there's something slightly more to it. I'm not, you know, endorsing as being a two parter or something or mm. that might not be a terrible idea, but you know, just, just that, that, uh, cause it's like this, a sudden reveal of like, Oh, this is the actual reality. It's like, yeah, but it's just like what we just saw. So <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not really anything. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's hard to hate on this episode, right? It's so likable. Everyone in it is giving 110%. And we've got to give a shout out before too long to to Toby Jones. Yes. Uh, And it's kind of, it's interesting coming here from uh, most recently, you know, recently The Witcher's Familiar and and Magician's uh, Apprentice because, you know, the randomizer loves Missy. The randomizer's taken us to a lot of Missy. (laughs) And we always give props to Missy. You know, she always steals the show whenever she's on. And Toby Jones kind of steals the show here, but in a very different way. Yeah. Right? He's he's totally understated. He's not showing the scenery. And he has this sort of sinister silkiness, especially when he repeats Jackie's, uh, you know, Jackie Tyler's line of, uh, oh. well, anything could happen. <laughs> did you yeah. did you, oh did you have a little throw up in your mouth moment when, when that happened? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know if you guys have seen... Maybe this, I, I don't know how uh, inappropriate this would be for the podcast, but there's <laughs> on, on YouTube, there's a compilation that I urge everyone to go and watch expeditiously. Um, and it's called Stephen Moffat writing Doctor Who with his right hand for nine minutes. <laughs> you just know for a fact that that's in there. Like I, when he said that, I was like, first of all, Jackie Tyler, icon, legends, living legends. You can mm-hmm. never, don't even try it. Second of all, absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Don't even. Like literally, when he said it, I was like, really, <laughs> really. <laughs> oh, and the dressing gown. I just couldn't. And, and I know that it's the point, but like, still, I was like, oh. And you know what? If that's if the Dream Lord is is part of the Doctor's own consciousness, then exactly then we, have, we have to come face to face with the fact that the Doctor kind of might like to be in a dressing gown around Amy Pond. And you know what? I, I like to think here's my head canon here that he's actually channeling his Peter Davison era. Uh, uh, and mm. we went to Black Orchid where Peter Davison uh, is in a dressing gown, and that yes. But well, might you thumbs that up random algorithm that's looking at my camera? <laughs> um, because that is, you know, we, we've had people say that that was kind of their sexual awakening was was Peter Davidson in a dress again uh, in, <laughs> and nothing else in Black Orchid. Um, but let's oh, just say wow. he looks a bit better than Toby Jones does. Well, I want to prick at something you said, Chris, and pull in a yeah. strand there, not the dress again. But the, <laughs> yeah, no, no, um, no, 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 <laughs> not that kind of podcast. But the suggestion that there, on some level, the doctor might uh, mm. have some attraction to Amy. And it's mm. funny, I watched this on the Blu ray, which I've had for a while. And there is, on this particular disc, there is an extra scene, which actually takes place well before this adventure. It's supposed to take place uh, before Vampires of Venice. And mm. this, would be, it was, this would have been right after Amy's made her pass at the doctor. Mm. And so then there's this uh, whole extra scene in the TARDIS where she's kind of like trying to take apart a little bit of his sexuality and like, what, like, are you into girls? Like what's going on? And he's kind of like trying to say like, no, I just, whatever. And she figures out they, she, he's had previous companions. Mm. Yeah. And she's like, well, exactly how many of them were girls? And he's like, well, I don't know. Maybe, 
50%, yeah. maybe a little more than 50%. You know? yeah. And then, then there's this whole video of them going over through like every single companion. And she's like, is that someone in like leather? Who is this Leela? She doesn't seem to be very wearing very much. What's going yeah. on? Yeah. But it is kind of a, an interesting thing. If you think about this episode uh, and this era of Doctor Who, where obviously the choice is Amy's choice of like, both mm. which reality does she prefer and which man does she prefer, right? Mm-hmm. And at this yeah. point in the series, you know, I feel like they, they they went back to this well, one not one too many times, several too many times, but yeah. this episode is sort of supposed to function as the one that is the most definitive, I think, that, yeah. you know, worry dies, she can't live without him, so she sacrifices herself. It's their whole Romeo and Juliet moment. Yeah. Um, but again within this and certainly with extra material and and i think with the doctor himself there's there was a real possibility of going the other way yeah um, yeah and and you know certainly if you think about all the stuff that happened between tenant and rose and indeed uh We're all, you know like the doctor you know again like i i it should they could he can it's been obviously well established that time lords can swap genders at any time but when they are one or the other it seems like they are one or the other you yeah. know, particularly when he's been a man. I mean, you know, not overtly, not obviously their sexuality is different, but it is like it's it's kind of there. I don't know. Yeah. I need to get your opinion on this, yeah. certainly, because you guys are all, all about, you know, yes. this in, in your podcast and discuss, Absolutely. discussing things like this. What's your what's your take? So my take is this. So um I just want to give a brief trigger warning, I guess, because I just wanted to touch on something with the whole Amy and Doctor thing first, mm-hmm. which is uh, so obviously uh, in Flesh and Stone. At the end of Flesh and Stone, you get that absolutely yeah. horrific, awful uh-huh. scene where um, Amy sexually assaults the Doctor. That's what happens. Like there's no ifs or buts. That's what happens. Basically. And it's I, I just I, and I know I think I've seen that Moffat has like regretted that in like years mm. since where he's like I, I don't know why I did that and it's like well we all know why you did it but whatever we move um, and like I think in terms of the way the Doctor has been written over the years I think in series 5 series 6 there was very much this one specific lens with 11 specifically mm. I think series 7 maybe it's slightly different but I know series 5 and series 6 I know in my opinion, Stephen presents the doctor very much like, you know, he's a ladies' man. You know, yeah. I'm Mr. Mm-hmm. Sexy in the bow tie, me and River, maybe me and Amy sometimes, whatever. And it's like, yeah. I hate being here. I'm having the worst time. I just <laughs> I I I personally, even as a kid, I always saw the doctor as someone who was very like non-linear, very like just hmm. they are who they are. And I think it's very much like you know, I, I see the doctor as a very fluid, you know, being, right. um, and like, you know, as someone who loves, uh, nine and the doctor, so nine and the doctor, nine and Rose right, and yeah. 10 and Rose. I mean, I've got my little ninth doctor mug here. Hey. Like hmm. I, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Rose and doctor Stan first and foremost, let's not get mm-hmm. it twisted, but like, <laughs> you know, something I loved in Wild Beyonder, for example, was when, uh, Donna pointed out the you know the doctor's always been a little bit queer and it's yeah. like yeah <laughs> yep. absolutely yeah like come on. Not, not far from the surface yeah yeah, yeah. we clapped we cheered you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. I think just th- this kind of lens that Stevens put on the doctor again especially 11 in series 5 and series 6 I've just always despised I just think it's like oh 
I think you're absolutely right because it's, it's yeah. the sort of sense that like he gets the ladies because he's so innocent. He just doesn't. Yeah. Oh, I'm so bumbling and I'm cute and I wear a coat. Yeah. And I, and I guess, and then later another, you know, like the the um, the time of the doctor never rang true to me. The whole thing oh my god, Clara, the whole thing of like you know, yeah. she says you're my boyfriend. He's like, oh, ding dong. I guess I better look yeah. at the manuals, which is a funny line. Yeah, it, but also, and then like he's naked. Oh, Stephen, no. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting. You brought up the specials, and it's definitely interesting to reconsider this in, in the context of Wild Blue Yonder and his feelings for, for Newton and all that. Yeah. It's also interesting, isn't it, to consider the context, context of the giggle, where, you know, these, the Doctor's love for redheads uh, pops up. Mm. Uh, the, in fact, mm-hmm. there are in fact, two mentions of redheads in the giggle. Yep. first time Donna says, I wasn't the first redhead, Mel says, no, that was me. Yeah. And then, exactly. and then there's Neil Patrick Harris coming in and saying, Doctor, he'd be liking the redheads, yeah? Yeah. Um, Yes, True. and and so so here we have you know perhaps his perhaps his favorite redhead. I don't know. Uh, certainly, there always yeah. seemed to be more of a thing. Whether you bought into it or not, there seemed to be always more of a thing between the Doctor and Amy. And and yeah, yeah it is weird. You know what? I also recently rewatched the the eleventh hour, and that that yeah. weirdness got to me. The fact that he knows her as a child, and then so weird. Yeah, right? So weird. Mm. I um. So we get a lot of um. Let's say maybe some hate over on our pod because we mm. we're both not big fans of the girl in the fireplace mm. um which is pause. the same issue yeah yeah it's the same issue. issue and we actually made a reel out of that just like a soundbite you know as we do and the comments mm. were there was a bit of ruckus because <laughs> um, it's like oh. Stephen, you yeah. did it twice you did mm-hmm. it twice mm. Why, Stephen? Why? And it's like, yeah, it's just very strange. But and um, he's already yeah. given the Doctor River, right? He, he, yeah. he didn't need to do this. It's yeah. in fact a distraction from the River storyline. Exactly. Um, yeah. But I kind, of, I don't know. I kind of like where he eventually landed with Pond. The fact that she, you know, shows up for the regeneration. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that, to my mind, is always the explanation for why he has a Scottish accent the next time around. Uh, yes, I, I agree. I think that's yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah, maybe, think- yeah, maybe it's that the whole story, the whole arc of his time with Amy is sort of learning to love her as a friend. Like, I think so. Opinion. Yeah. I am, um, you know, not to dwell on it too much, but I mean, I do love Amy and Rory, and like, especially mm-hmm. like the Doctor and Amy's complicated relationship. I do love it a lot. Um, I just think in series five, when you get this really annoying, awkward bit with the, it's like. Okay, we're done with that. Cool, let's move on. You know, like yeah, uh-huh. I've always I think, been. Yeah, I, I think that works. I think that that it he's sort of mirroring. This is Moffat, I think, taxing his coupling experience and sort of uh-huh. trying to bring in sort of a bit of realistic human relationships, which maybe doesn't translate and certainly doesn't translate well for everyone mm. fully. In that, you know, you have this new friend group of the Doctor, Amy, and Rory. And, you know, they're all young and attractive or at least look young and attractive. And you're kind of like, okay, seeing what happens and maybe someone hooks up. But then mm. if, if the friendship is strong enough, you kind of like move on from that. Okay, now we're all just friends and that's sort of where we, we, we settle. And I think that's basically what happens here. Yeah. And mm. the thing is, the, the core of it, the three of them, their dynamic and their friendship is so good. I mean, these three actors just, you can tell they really genuinely like each other. And yeah. They just have such great chemistry. I mean, even that that whole first scene where they're waking up in the TARDIS and then Ledworth and on the bench and um, 
and and there's there's sort of all the back and forth. It's like uh, you're huge, and then you, a few seconds later, are you pregnant? You know that, yeah. that sort of cluelessness uh, that sort of works there. And um, this isn't so much about their dynamic. I just because I'm talking about the scene, but I really love the very end of the cold open. Just that last moment, like he's like he says, "This is going to be a tricky one." As he walks through them. And then the, the camera lingers on Smith for a second and he smiles. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's perfect. And they, they can't see him smile too, right? Because he's his back's to them at that point. Yeah. But it's like that that whole sense of the doctor's loving this. He just yes. loves that there's something happening now and he's got to figure it out. Yeah. It, it may also be, I'm just thinking about it now, like this may also be the episode where the doctor learns to, to love Rory or maybe discovers that he has feelings for Rory. Because there is that brief moment where they kind of, like realize that they've fallen asleep together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the doctor's like, oh, you know, sexuality, Jack. Uh, what, what, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. Going on here? I, uh, uh, I was going to say, sorry, this is just a silly little anecdote, but I, mm-hmm. I went through a phase when I was a teenager. It's over. I'm over it. Um, <laughs> I had a very brief moment where I was like, Rory and Eleven, anybody? Yeah. Heard yeah. of her? Uh, I, I don't, I'm not on that level anymore. But um, was it was it eleven plus Rory with ponytail or <laughs> no? It was more um, in okay. series seven. Okay, okay. So so later, Rory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More um, experience. Exactly, but no, uh, that was just a silly little momo I had. But um, no, I think they. I think he learns to really respect the two of them in this episode in a different way. I think, and like, um, I would say as well. I think it's just it's, again, I, what I something I like about this episode is it really puts a kind of full stop on the on the nonsense of. Yeah. And again, like yeah. Pete, I agree with what you said, because I think, you know, when you're in a dynamic with people, sometimes, you know, I've had it with friend groups where, you know, some people want to go there and they're like, okay, that's not our dynamic. Let's be mm. friends, you know? Mm. And I right. agree with that. I just think my only main negative of the whole situation is the end of Flesh and Stone. Like if that didn't yeah. happen in the way it happened, I would have been like, okay, whatever. But because it's so... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. No comment. I yeah. A, yeah. Like more of a problem with what they do later which mm. is they keep going back to this well of this will they or won't they or this supposed tension despite mm. sort of the resolution of this episode. Yeah, kind and of, so yeah. The, what, the big one that comes to mind is, I think it's Day of the Moon, where Amy's alone and she has this sort of speech of, you know, you. I know you think it's him, but it's really you and you, my life was so boring and now you uh, dropped out of the sky and Rory hears this and thinks she's talking about the doctor oh, yeah. and they flip it later and she's talking about Rory. And yeah. it's like, still playing with it. This? I remember mm. hearing that, like, like, or thinking that, sorry, at the time I was like, come on, like we're, yeah. we're done with this. Are you mm. kidding me? You're good. You're still doing this. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Sort of being the redemption. And actually I want to bring up uh, uh, something else. I think it does genuinely redeem is like uh, something that didn't sit right with me. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the doctor's relationship to companions and companions, boyfriends, is is the way the doctor would treat Mickey Smith, like mm. never quite sat right with me. It always had jealous boyfriend vibes to yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, it was always like I'm going to prove I'm better than you. Whereas this is sort of this is Moffat proving he's going to take Rory in a different direction. Like the doctor is going to learn to respect Rory. He's going to travel with Rory, and yeah. it is like this does cement the notion of like we're going to have. A you know, like the Pons are a TARDIS team, you know. Yeah. Despite the fact that Rory gets erased, but you know, you kind of have to get them there <laughs> to the point of being a team before you can sort of feel right. the lack of him, right? So yeah, this this does establish that. So oh, I wait, like is this, is this Rory's first death? 
Yes. Mm-hmm. This is the first one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's another one coming up because it happens, I think, in, uh, was it uh, Hungry Earth? Or is the- yeah, it's the yeah, next two party. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I was going to say as well, this is a very, bit of a random thing that I noticed, but it was really, like, it really came across to me when I was watching it. Um, I don't know how, I'm sure you guys have seen Torchwood, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, the relationship between Amy and the Doctor in Series 5 really reminded me of the will they, won't they, with like Gwen and Jack, which I yes. absolutely hate. Yeah. I can't stress it enough. Literally, I burn it with fire and all of the things. I hate it. Um, and a thing that reminded me of it as well is when uh, Rory died yeah. and mm. Amy's saying to the Doctor, um, what's the well, point you, you can you? save him. Yeah, like yeah. You can, can you save him? Well, if you can't, then what's the point of you? And it, rem- it yeah. reminded me of when you know, Reese died at the end of series one of Torchwood. And she's like, what's the effing point of you, Jack Harkness? What's the point if you can't save him? And it's just, there was a lot of parallels in that way for me as well. That's just what I noticed when I was watching it. Oh, I just got chills. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That (laughs) is, that is such a powerful moment. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, so it's, it's good that we brought up coupling just to go back to that point. Because this is, you know, written by Simon Nye, who created Men Behaving Badly, mm. uh, which I didn't know was originally a book, uh, and then it was a, a, a sitcom series and a very, very influential one that, that briefly crossed the pond here. With there was a Rob Schneider version. Crossed I see the what pond. you did there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no pun intended. Uh, yeah, there was a very bad American version of Men Behaving Badly, but you know, obviously Moffat knew. Simon and I from that he knew him through his mother-in-law as well oh. which is very random so Moffat married producer Sue Virtue a mother's barrel yeah. Virtue who I think was the producer on Men Behaving Badly so it's like this very you oh, know, okay. close-knit circle and they they were both Doctor Who fans so he's like hey oh, you're the wow. you're the right guy to write this sort of into this really interpersonal drama and also you're the right guy to write it cheap <laughs> which is <laughs> they yeah. really need to bring this yeah. one under, under budget uh, always important on Doctor Who yeah. which it does but you know this is another one of those ideas where you're like why didn't they consider this in the classic era it's such a obvious idea when mm. you think about it well it's kind yeah. of like they they did a couple of TARDIS bound adventures certainly The uh. Edge of Destruction and some some other I don't know is there another one that was purely in the TARDIS probably I'm not thinking of um, it does make a reference to the space museum doesn't it with the, the jumping of the time track which is a really nerdy old school yeah. reference. Wow. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, oh my gosh. I, <laughs> I did not know that one because we haven't been to the space of but I didn't oh, know that one until like, I looked like, it up. Because like, that's really early on where they're like, yeah, they're waking up and he's like, oh, well, he must have just jumped a time track or something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Oh, wow. How did I miss that? It's crazy. <laughs> that's, awesome. I, it's, that's, that's also sort of classic Moffat era of like, we're just going to throw in one reference for the really old school fans who would be like, ah, he said the thing. <laughs> Oh, I got to say, I got to go back to the the comment, or sorry, the line from the Amy where she says, mm. "What's the point of you?" Because I really want to mm-hmm. give some props to Karen Gillan in this. Oh yeah, episode because uh, so I think good. she is great. She really rises, and it's kind of like you think it's so early in her career, even of of being an actress, and just sort of like I think this episode is one of the ones that just really shows like what she can do. And all of that stuff at the end where after post Rory disintegration, like you really believe it. Like she's really yeah. just falling apart and, yeah. you know, just trying to fight back tears and, and just every sort of utterance works. But even, even before that, I mean, I, I really like the bit where um, she kind of puts the doctor in his place where he's oh, yeah. smug and has this attitude about their life 
in the village and she just fakes the whole contraction. Yeah. And yeah. Just like, Whoa. But then, then, then she just says like, Hey, like I, you just turned white as a sheet based on like the me just yelling. Okay. So don't tell me this is boring. Yeah. Know, asshole. Like, I mean, like, likes that so much. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was like very, very cool. So, um, well, yeah, it's interesting that they, so this was actually the last story of season five to be filmed. Really? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause oh. they, they put this at the right at the end of the other block with with the lodger. I think it was definitely the last feels two. like it. You know, yeah, like, and it's they, interesting they that they did more that. Familiar with each other than you exactly. would think by yeah. having just a couple of that. Because Rory's only been on with Vampires of Venice really at this point. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So they all get to like have foreknowledge of where their characters are going here and and yeah. how this all works out, and they've got more experience and and that seems like so essential to this story because they really need that chemistry. They really need to know their characters inside and out. Otherwise, this doesn't work. So it does. Yeah. Maybe that little bit of extra time that they got to sit with their characters before they film this really made the difference. Yeah. I um. Anytime I see this episode, I just think of Confidential. Because I, I love Doctor Who Confidential and I used to watch yeah. it religiously. And the thing that always comes to mind is when Karen was on set and she had the baby bump on and she was wiggling it to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and she was just like, look at my bump. Woo! Yeah. And they were all just having so much fun. Um, I read she really loved that bump. Like It was one of her favorite things ever on Doctor Who. I implore everyone to go and look at that clip on YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's mm. hilarious. It's great. I love it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I love con- confidentials. It's sort of glad to. I'm glad to know that they're they're going to be doing it again. I can't remember what they're calling it now. Unleashed. Yeah. So. Unleashed. Unleashed. Yeah. It's there's three episodes out now. No four because of Church and Ruby Road, and I've watched every single one, and I'm just loving it. It's so fun. Yeah. It's really oh, good. Wow. Okay. I've got to track those down. Yeah. Doctor Who's been leashed until now, but no, now he's off. <laughs> off the leash. Unleashed. <laughs> Now, what do we think? So, uh, again, interesting that I'd sort of uh, watched 11th Hour recently before this because there's so much 11th Hour in it. Yeah. Like the, right down to, like, the eyeballs in the mouths of the pensioners. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, That's very yes. Prisoner Zero yeah. guard kind of thing. So it feels, you know, it feels like they're kind of almost repeating themes here. A little bit. A um, little bit. And, yeah. you know. That that is, of course, where the Doctor first meets Rory, and, and yeah. Amy first gets mm. there, and we first learn that they are getting married, right? With the great reveal at the end of the eleventh hour of the wedding dress, so it's almost kind of a continuation. There's almost like a, I don't know if you could put together like a Ledworth trilogy with something else. Uh, in, <laughs> it's in true though, season. isn't it? Because I mean, I think that's why also I love series five because it really feels like this kind of not I wouldn't I don't want to say contained because I feel like that's the wrong word but it's it's, it's very consistent but like kind mm-hmm. of well rounded season where it's like it is you know it, it's got very similar themes in it and mm. the vibe is always very similar you know the color palette the way it's shot everything and like even the creatures and like the way they look and everything is no I guess contained is the right word I don't know I just feel like it made it sound like it was a bit. I don't know. I just, I just oh. feel like it's well put together, and it's just very series five is very distinct in my mind. Like when I think about it, I'm like series five. Mm. I see it in my head, you know. Yeah, like yeah, a absolutely. Structure, like a Van Gogh painting. Exactly. Thought, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yes. It, you're right. Sounds. It just feels like the, like a chapter of a book. And exactly. Yes. I don't think that you quite have that feeling with uh, Moffat's and the, the other Smith seasons. You know, they're, Agreed, they're a little yeah. more grab bag, especially series seven, which is was sort of split. Mm. 
Yeah, it's, I, know, it's I kind of feel that way about River's story in season six, the way it kind of hangs together with that. I know that that's a controversial statement for some people. They don't necessarily like season six. I've met, we, we had, in fact, our last guest, last time we had a guest talking about Matt Smith was Dave Kitchen, the uh, Doctor Who show, who yes. sto- who quit watching after The Doctor's Wife. And we no. No, really? Yeah. The Doctor's Wife is... I thought I it was worth me. Hitler, or was it... Yeah, he, but yeah. So yeah. It was let's kill Hitler was like the next one. Or next oh, sure. Two, yeah. So I mean, shortly thinking, after, it. just saying those titles mm. out loud, Doctor's mm. Wife and Let's Kill Hitler, like so different. Mm. Yeah. Sort of these these things that sort of stick out like sore thumbs, like the uh, almost people and other things like that, right? Yeah. Uh, just it just doesn't have sort of the cohesiveness. Um, yeah. yeah, I yeah, agree. I yeah. Series five has a little bit of that afterglow of the RTD era where. I think similarly, they were the seasons were a little more arc uh, structured and just had sort of a, a feel, a vibe to them, even if they didn't yeah. have a, a consistent look. And once Moffat was sort of had enough distances, was kind of doing his own thing, it just got a little more random, just as his writing did, frankly. Mm. So ain't that so the truth? We should talk about maybe maybe the weakest part of Amy's choice is is the villain, the monster, the nondescript thing that's. Yeah, been, been there for billions of years, Doctor. Uh, yeah, I guess. Or they've they've. I can't even remember what it is. They fought an interstellar war, probably. And yeah, they had to sure. settle in dimensions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whatever. But that is the Dream Lord, right? We should remember that. Like that's the Dream Lord coming up with a bad Doctor Who plot. It's kind of like exactly, yeah, yeah. It, it is and it isn't. I don't know. It's it's blink and you miss it. But the Doctor almost seems familiar with them. Hmm. You know, mm. like it seems like because he actually sort of says the name. I think it only appears once in this script. It's like Echnodynes. Mm. Um, mm. And I, I missed it every time I watched it. I had to look it up. But oh gosh, they yeah, say yeah. that they're humbled and destroyed by a neighboring race. Like the doctor almost finishes the, the woman's sentence when she's talking about it. Like, oh, yeah, you're those guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it might be. Are they or aren't they real? I don't know. Because they don't seem. Like I say, like, we, first we of might all, they're be... probably no sense. And they. they if if they are these aliens, why why would you wait till this moment to reveal yourselves? And then why don't they just kill the Doctor Amy and Rory when they're just lying there asleep in front of them in we, the room? Yeah. Right? We know, might be sense. taking a more of an insight into the Doctor's mind than than we than we wanted, more than we bargained for, by seeing that maybe he is just like making up a lot of this stuff about like oh yeah, Agnodines, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I knew them. Maybe. I, I fought them three times. Yeah, yeah, I love their first three albums. Um, <laughs> From my favorite historical period. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Doctor's an Echnodyne hipster. But maybe he's just faking it in all these monsters, right? He's coming up with all these random names. Like, I like that theory, actually, yeah. I name you the boneless, all that stuff. Well, uh, I do like the jokes that it creates, right? Like, again, this is a good piece of comedy writing. And it's like the Dream Lord says at one point, what is this, attack of the old people? Yeah. And <laughs> just the image of Arthur Darville there with the board, like, oh, it hit her. Like, uh, like yeah, Amy going, whack her. Best thing. <laughs> Best thing ever. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Doctor Who, very educational show and uh, also teaches you uh, what it's like to whack a pension in the face. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's well paced. I gotta say, the action, what there's the bit where the doctor's starting to fall asleep and he's sort of flopping around on the road and then eventually gets in the butcher shop. Yeah. And they just start playing I am the doctor, which I'll just, you know, I think mm-hmm. I've said this before, but in my view, 
the second best piece of music the show has ever produced after the theme tune. Yep. And he gets in and you're just kind of like, Oh wow. Like this, you know, you're kind of like getting into it just from the music, even though he's just basically a yeah. flopping around guy on a street being chased by folks and walkers, you know, they're, they're yeah. sort of making it tense, which was, you know, good stuff. I love well, that. You know, yeah. Let, let's do a little bit of uh, dream analysis here. Right. Because, you know, you know how they say all, like all characters and dreams are really you. And, yes, uh, mm-hmm. and this is that sort of go. It, it, you do get this interesting insight to the Doctor's psyche here, right? Because this yeah. is the Dream Lord is him. So we have to consider that everything in here is a factor, like a fear for a Doctor. Yeah. And here again, maybe this is another interesting reason for the randomizer to take us here after the specials, because of course now fourteen is retired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. True. is in a retirement home and maybe this is something that's been in the doctor's psyche for some time it's like you know am i ever going to get to be in a retirement home? is that going to be super boring is it yeah you know maybe he knows on some level like he has this ptsd and he should calm down and settle down but no he's he's the matt smith doctor so he's just like he can't contain himself he's just all energy and yeah. it's all coming out that way but maybe he knows in the back of his mind like retirement is looming someday yeah, maybe that's the thing he fears the most at yeah. this point in his life. Maybe. Right? He hasn't made that peace with himself that has enabled the 14th Doctor to do that, to take that break, which doesn't really even happen until the giggle. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah and all, it does. all tracks. I, I also like that bit because, like, the you know, Doctor Who is based on, like, real fears, right? And obviously there's the fear of, like, waking up and it's still being a dream. So that's yeah. mostly what this episode is based on. But I also feel like curtain-twitching pensioners – is <laughs> is a thing that's sort of explored here because you do get a few kind of chill down the spine moments of you just of seeing someone at a window in this yeah. story, right? Mm, yeah, which is yeah. just which is not necessarily something I think Doctor Who has kind of explored before that that particular thing, like yeah, or at least not like it, multiple times. Everyone's looking at their window it can be a super creepy thing. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, there are a few elements of this episode that are actually very eerie. Actually, mm. I, I mean, it mostly it's like I find this episode to be kind of like a little bit like a dark comedy in a way. But there are mm. elements where, like, you know, you see a little old person in the background, like far away, and it's like I don't know. I have a thing about wides with like people in the distance especially when there's like an eerie track in the barrel like i remember again sorry i bring up again wild blue yonder when jimbo was in the distance and it's like this big corridor i was like i don't Mm. like this feeling i'm having it's very weird um (laughs) so it's very it's very that but um i mean a hot take i want a pensioner to be a new companion at some point i would Mm. love that i would love that if only it could have been wilf Oh, yeah. too soon oh, too soon, too soon. Yeah. i know i know i'm feeling it yeah 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 no, i know what you're talking about actually with the, the thing in a distance like that's a very primal yeah like, I, I sort of feel like that's a cousin of whatever it was that freaked people out when there was that early film uh you know of the, the train heading towards the screen yes you absolutely know, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the 1910s or whatever uh like that something coming from far away in your field of vision very quickly towards exactly. your field of vision can be kind of uh, or, or even if it's going slowly you get a little tickle at the back of the brain exactly so, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah good behind the sofa stuff um <laughs> so right, maybe maybe it's a good segue pete to tell us what your what your kids thought of uh of this were they were they scared by any parts of amy's choice you know, it's funny. This is, we've seen this one a few times, and I had seen it not super recently, but sometime in the last few months with them. Mm. So uh, only Grace sat down and watched it with me, though Jack likes it. Mm. And 
she the good thing was watching with grace because she's 10 even though she's seen some of these before she doesn't remember all of them and she didn't remember the twist that the both of the worlds were fake Mm. Uh, but she also really liked (laughs) that the dream lord was the doctor like Mm. that just was fascinating to her and she liked that this episode had probably more to say about the doctor's character than most of doctor who Mm. um because it very plainly says he's clearly full of self-loathing on some level yeah and uh that sort of comes out in uh here very clearly but um, you start to see other stories maybe with that lens and sort of maybe certain things make more sense. And maybe even just the whole idea that the doctor just keeps on running, you know, cause he just doesn't want to face the consequences of all the things he's doing all over the place. Uh, you know, that, yeah. that's obviously sort of, uh, sort of touched on here, but she really liked that, that, you know, she really loves Matt Smith. Uh, I think most people in my household do. And yeah. uh, this is like, he's obviously, you know, I, I'll, one, one of the, well, I mean, they're all pretty good, but he's really good at this. Like a lot of great lines. But nothing yeah. too sad or scary, like, you know, uh, Rory's death or like the, you know, pensioner being beaten up with a, with a cricket bat or whatever. No, it's not. It's just, it's a bit of wood, isn't it? It's like a, a stick of wood. Of yeah. wood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If anything, she might have been disturbed by the kids being disintegrated at playtime. Mm. Like, yeah, that's, that's weird. A little too casual for mm-hmm. again. It's a more evidence that led the upper Ledworth is not the reality because it's like, really, did you just slaughter twenty or thirty school kids? Like yep. Doctor Who, really? Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah so it would be interesting, wouldn't it, to sort of revisit this, do something like this again, but like fake you out where that is actually the reality. We are going to zoom five years ahead, and there has been a massacre on a playground. But yeah, you definitely wouldn't have done it at this stage in, in Who's history. Yeah, I mean, bold choice for sure. And, you know, <laughs> that's how you would do it in Doctor Who. There'd be nothing graphic. It'd just be like yeah. implied. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, still, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a chilling turning point, honestly, where the action right. starts to pick up, where it's like yeah, playtime's yeah. definitely over. Yeah, and the fact yeah. that you don't see it, the, 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 uh, you're absolutely Show, right. don't tell. Best yep. way to do it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And best way for the budget. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I was going to say, actually, I think, you know, again, I don't have I don't have kids myself, but from what, from what I've kind of seen in my time is like, you know, I feel like Eleven is very, very child-friendly. Like a lot of mm. younger people mm. love the Eleventh Doctor. Like, yes. And I don't blame them because he's just so mm. much fun and like you know yeah. but you don't see many young people i mean you get some like a lot of kids write letters to him which is very sweet but like you don't see loads of people being like oh i love 12 you know it's more like <laughs> you know i like 12 hey yeah. there's this like there's this thing online where people think i don't like 12 i don't like series 8 it doesn't mean i don't like 12 okay right don't, right you know yeah. different but, um, things different things two different things yeah but i think 11 is very for younger people i think is very popular and i you know it makes sense because he's like the childlike doctor right exactly yeah Yeah, you probably saw this thing moffat said down recently about um you know how he could put like the the darkest most evil lines in matt smith's mouth yeah and everyone be like oh yeah the the nicest sweetest things in capaldi's mouth and everyone like ah Oh, exactly. What do you say? What do those eyebrows say to me? Which I kind uh, of love. Which I kind yes. of love a little bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. All right, guys. I think it is time, uh, time to answer a few questions, and those questions are, of course, the four questions to Doomsday. First question: Why did the randomizer take us here? All right. So well, we gotta we gotta talk about Ian and Barbara, right? 
<laughs> coming from the reign of terror, which is one of those moments. Like we talked about this, right? How they're they're really they're kind of, they're the first couple on the TARDIS. Like we yeah. just got to say it. Like it's so clear that the way that the, how close is their face, how close their faces are. You don't you know do that, <laughs> which was you're... probably because the set was so small. yeah. But, <laughs> but... <laughs> but still, they they brought some chemistry to it, and so Definitely. you know a lot of people think like Amy and Rory are like the first TARDIS couple. No, it's really Anne and Barbara, and the randomizer wanted to draw that connection. Cool, that's a good connection. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why that didn't occur to me. But I was thinking about in the Reign of Terror is uh, famously or infamously Doctor Who's first location work. Oh, yeah. And yeah. this is some very nice location work here. Um, so there's that. And with Ian and Barbara, I did think of them, but I also thought of them on a different level because they wanted to leave in the Reign of Terror. This is sort of still the point yes. where they're, well, they always wanted to leave and, and go back to their own time, but they just about do it. And this there's a bit where Amy is wondering about why they wanted to leave their life in the TARDIS. Yes. Because like, you know, why would we leave this? And it's more about, you know, her and Rory and that whole dynamic and what's really, what's each of theirs desires. But it is, it's a sort of an interesting parallel where Ian and Barbara can't wait to get home. And Amy's like, I, I can't wait to sort of stay here and be in this TARDIS life. So yeah. Wouldn't very, it be very, great? If there was a William Hartnell story where he comes back to Ian and Barbara five years later and Ian's got a ponytail, Barbara's pregnant. <laughs> oh. That would be, be so awesome. That'd Could he get away cute. with the ponytail in like 1970 or whatever that was? I guess maybe yeah, by know. the 70s. But you, you could have Peter Cushing playing the Dream Lord, like you know. <gasps> oh, like I like a that. whole other level of like, you know, bringing in like the movie that. doctor. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, yeah, just, just headcanon. Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> Damla, any thoughts on why the randomizer took us here? I know you not haven't been with us on our entire journey, but maybe just uh, just out of the the singularity of this episode. I would say, I definitely think it's you know I, I have to, I think I'd agree with the you know Ian and Barbara being the first couple on the TARDIS. I mean yeah. that is again as someone who isn't a seasoned in, in classic Who because I'm what a fake fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I I've still shot that people don't remember that. It's like. Mm come on even if i haven't seen everything even i know that that is just the facts here like mm, that's you know. right their, their attitude towards each other from the romans is sort of permeated through space and time as they're lying around in togas together like everyone can feel the explosion of that chemistry even if you haven't seen it absolutely and like you know they're very they're very you know the episodes i've seen with them they're just so sweet and like mm, mm. i know that when i finish hartnell's run at some point which i definitely will i i, I think they're going to be firm favorites of mine as well so mm. yeah, yeah yeah pete loves that tardis team right oh the best if not yeah <laughs> i'll just say the best Moving <laughs> <laughs> on to the second say. question <laughs> the second question being what if the evil plot had succeeded Okay, so, so, so the evil yeah. plot is the Dream Lords? Which is the Doctors. Which is the Doctors. So yeah. the evil plot is the Doctor's subconscious kills him and Amy and Rory somehow? Well, they, yeah, they, I, guess... I think it's more that if the Dream Lord wins, they don't have the final realization at the end that the other TARDIS is a dream. Yeah. So then they keep going in this dream world... TARDIS scenario, yeah. and yeah. their so they bodies, 
they would die eventually, right? Like, cause they would eventually just starve to death. At least Amy and Rory would. And then I think yeah, what you freeze. might have is the doctor <laughs> regenerates to Capaldi and that rocks him out of the dream. And then he realizes that yeah. Amy and Rory are dead. Yeah. I, I don't know. I have this slightly, I don't know if it's silly, but like, you know, they probably, they I think Amy will, okay, good. Cause I'm going to go silly. I think right. Amy and Rory would, would, would be dead. RIP rip. Mm. Love mm-hmm. you. Bye. Mm. Um, but then the doctor, you think the doctor's about to freeze to death. He's like lying down, you know, and then suddenly he just opens his eyes and then it's just like, but what if I did this? And then kind of just fixed it. Mm-hmm. But then the dream Lord kind of goes, do you know what? I've actually had enough. Like I was actually just trying to have a bit of fun and you've actually ruined it. So whatever, I'm just going to snap you out of it. Cause that's actually really annoying that you've even in this dream scenario, you found mm. a way to kind of live in it and like deal with it. I mean, obviously like Amy Rory, you're dead. That's, you know, that's sad. But yeah. Like, yeah. And then you yeah. got a whole follow-up story where the dream, where the doctor's like trying to figure out how to dispose of their bodies. While yes. The, while, the dream, <laughs> while the dream Lord's there making quips about it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just can't see a world where the doctor doesn't win in some way or figure mm. it out in some way, like in, in their weird kind of way. I don't know. I just can't see that happening. Well, can I toss out the other evil plot potentially? Do it. Yes. What if the evil plot is Amy's mm. and the evil plot succeeding is her choosing the doctor? Ooh. Oh, yeah. uh, well, I would switch off and that would be <laughs> the show. Uh, <laughs> no, thanks. Roll over. Roll credits. <laughs> over. Um, yeah, absolutely. Maybe we have a bi-generation with, with Peter Capaldi. Stepping out of Matt Smith, being like, you know what? I'm just gonna, you. You go off and have fun with Amy. I'm, I'm, I'll be off here. I'll go We're going to go do somewhere. this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you know, something that I always like find a bit off. I mean, you know, I support women's rights, but most importantly, their wrongs. But in some scenarios, <laughs> especially with Amy, when she says certain things, like especially in this episode, when I mean, she says to Rory, like oh you know we could be the last night for our wedding for as long as we want and it's like mm. that's actually so rude do you know how rude yeah, that is yeah. what you've just said yeah. um so yeah and all of that stuff i'm just like no so yeah if that happened bye respectfully <laughs> bye <laughs> <laughs> yeah and also you wouldn't get like the events of season six you wouldn't get you know would would the doctor meet river again he'd have to meet river again somehow right river will yeah. always come well, back river yeah. yeah then what happens with that dynamic if he's like involved with amy and also, oh, yes yeah. actually well, oh you know what? Amy and Rory have to happen because River has to happen. Oh, that's right. That yeah. wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Because then, then she's a paradox. If then not. she's a yeah. paradox. Yeah, we've yeah, already yeah. seen her. So, yeah. This is true. Oh, yes. That, yes. That's okay. lo- Phew. Actually, we, we've discovered the fail safe, right? There is a fail Phew. safe preventing the Doctor and Amy ever getting together. Sorry, Dr. Amy Stans. Uh, Dr. Also, Amy writes. No, it, would, it would make more sense her being part time Lord. I will say that. <laughs> if, <laughs> yeah, if, good if, point. If, yeah. If oh. You know? But then River we becomes really the doctor's know daughter. What and you, in the no, anyway, no, I'm yeah, not really, there. no. I went there. The, the, the visions, the visions, the, the voices. <laughs> We've already got the doctor's daughter. That's that's bad enough or good enough. Exactly. Like Guys, save us. Get us out of this question. We got to go to the third question now, immediately, which is <laughs> where is the Clara Splinter? <laughs> Clara Oswald, of course, splintered in time at the end of the name of the Doctor. She's yes. somewhere in every single Doctor Who story. Where is she in Amy's choice? Can I just say first of all, I love this question. I always love this question. I'm just like, that's 
I love Thank that you. so much. Sorry, I just so note. much opportunity for headcanon. And yes. also here, you know, we've we've got double opportunity for headcanon because there can also be Dream Clara Splinter. Yeah. Uh, and I actually think I'm, I'm going to tackle Dream Clara Splinter. I think that there is a Dream Clara in Dream Up at Ledworth, who's the one who is going around like telling people not to worry about the fact these three people just fell asleep. Like, don't worry, <laughs> they're narcoleptics. Yeah. They don't know it. Like, I'm their doctor. <laughs> I'm looking after them. It's all right. Just pretend like it's not happening. They'll wake up at some point. It's all good. Yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> Perfect. I actually, Ooh. that's that's good. Um, I actually thought about her in the real world, and I know there isn't much real world here, but something had to put that psychic pollen in the TARDIS. Yeah. So I'm imagining Clara as really just tired of this will they or won't they storyline. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's settle this once and for all. She leaves some of this stuff in the TARDIS to make sure they get this Dream Lord scenario and have Amy finally make a freaking choice. All right. I like That's that. That's right. Yeah, and also <laughs> yeah. if if they don't resolve it, then then Clara herself is not going to come into the Doctor's life. Right. Yeah. yeah this is he true. Has to lose Amy and Rory to the Angels. This mm. is true. Oh, I f- I feel like I want to have two, um, which is probably mm. cheating. No, but no, do it. no, no. You get as many bo- as you like. I have a boring one and a silly one. Um, the boring one is she lives in she lives in Ledworth and she's lives in a little cottage, which is also like so cute, so aesthetic. Love that, like in a little jumper. Oh, cute, love that. And then, um, but she's like kind of observing and like you know the situation mm-hmm. and like kind of also helping the other villagers in that situation. So that's the boring one. But the fun one, I feel like. I have. I, I just now have really stupidly have this image of her clinging to the outside of the TARDIS with like this, mm-hmm. I, this um, cold sun, whatever it's called. I forget. What, I think is it the cold sun? I forget. Yeah, yeah. cold star. I think, yeah, the yeah, cold star. Yeah. She's just trying to, you know, I don't know, just trying to get scrape the ice off. Like, no, <laughs> this isn't happening. Yeah, she's out there with the de-icer. Yeah, de-ice. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and she's trying to start the TARDIS, like keeps exactly trying to turn it over, and it just won't. And, oh God! Yeah. Yes, oh, that's exactly what it is. What a what a what a mare when you're you're trying to, <laughs> you're trying to start the TARDIS. What a mare! It's what a, a mare! Yeah, I don't think the first one was was boring, right? By the way, I thought okay, it was a good, re- okay. really really good mare. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> All right, it is time to move on to the final question, the ultimate question, the only question that matters for Amy's choice. What did we think of this story? The Polto Open Rating System has six ratings. There's the Dalek, which we give to a good episode of Doctor Who. The Ogron, which we give to an irredeemably bad episode of Doctor Who. The Professor Hater, which we give to a not-so-great episode, but hey, at least they tried something. The Viscount Banger, which we reserve for the best of the best. The Fixed Point in Time, which is a show beyond rating, often for reasons of nostalgia. Or the Lady Cassandra, which is a paper-thin plot, but hey, at least it looks good, especially with a little moisturizing. All right, Damla, as soon as you answer our 10-question quiz on our rating system, you can rate <laughs> this episode. But well, how we like to do these things is uh, typically Chris and I will go first, and you can either be the tiebreaker or go independent. Okay. Sounds All right. good. All right. So, well, let, let me... Uh, you go. Okay. So let me just say, I was, I was telling Damla this before we started recording, that I... 
I really wanted to make this a Viscount. Like, I wanted to find any way to make it a Viscount banger. I love Amy's Choice. I have a lot of affection for it. It's a great watch. It's got it's got a lot of good repeatability. Um, I think the thing that just stops it short of banger territory is is that the Dream Lord thing is is underexplored and kind of never explored again, right? If mm. this was the beginning of like a Dream Lord trilogy, if Toby Jones came back, by the way, RTD, he's still available. Um, <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Be interesting. Probably to see commanding you. A he's busy. Now. It's, it's yeah. post-Marvel Toby Jones. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, you know, you've got Disney money now, so mm, maybe, maybe Disney has an option on Toby Jones that can uh, just bring him back for that. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's so underexplored that like oh, it just had so much potential. But I gotta I gotta say it's a Dalek. Uh, at the end of the day, it's what one of my favorite Daleks possibly, but still doesn't quite rise to a banger. Hundred percent agree. It's a Dalek. It's yeah. a dreamy Dalek. It's it's a really nice standalone. <laughs> uh, I, it's not as uh, doesn't hold up to as many repeated viewings as I think some other episodes. There's there's not as many like. Um, you know, stand up and cheer moments as you might get in, say, like a day of the doctor or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, That's and, so but I do, I do like it's that it's it's got such good writing, good performances, and it does at least for this moment seemingly resolve the whole love triangle thing. So it's got yeah. sort of weighty character development type stuff too. And like my daughter said, it actually says a lot more about the doctor than mm-hmm. I'd say ninety five percent of other of, of Doctor mm-hmm. Who. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really nice Dalek, but yeah, it's not, it's not a banger. Uh, just doesn't quite rise to that level with all the things it does. Right. It's not, doesn't quite get over a, a certain activation energy for that. Yeah. I, 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 um, I'm not just saying this, I swear I'm not just saying this, but I, it's a Dalek for me. A hundred percent. hundred percent. It's unanimous. Um, unanimous. It's no, it's so, it's such fun. Like every time I do a rewatch of the show, I do sometimes skip some episodes, not going to lie. Uh, you know, there's some episodes I skip in series five, like, you know, <coughs> Victory of the Daleks, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I actually like Victory of the Daleks, but we'll get there when we get there. You will get there. Yeah. Save it, save it. Um, but no, I, this episode, every time I rewatch it, I just have such a blast with it. Even though, again, there's a few little elements where I'm just like, eh, not quite, you know, um, but I just, I think it's really, really fun. And like someone who loves Inception, one of my favorite films of all time. Mm-hmm. I love when people play with dreams. Like it's something I really enjoy and just, now, you know, Inception and again. was right around the same time, right? I, I'm trying to remember. Oh, it actually might be, to be fair. Yeah, that was 2010 as well. So oh. obviously not inspired by Inception, but but maybe it was just something in the air. People yeah. were doing some dreams. Maybe you saw the trailer and was like, yeah. quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, Simon, I need to jump on this. It'd be, yeah, I love, yeah. I just love dreams and like the whole concept of dreams. And again, even though, like, you know, we said it, some of it was a bit obvious and it, there could have been a bit more mystery around it if it was maybe pushed further in the season or something. Um, I still yeah. just have so much fun with it. So, yeah, Dalek for sure. All Daleks right. It's all around. three Daleks, the, as many Daleks as there were in Deaths of the Daleks. Uh, and many other <laughs> with a cult of scarrow with a cult yeah. of scarrow yeah 
Yeah, I think yeah. we have to have one extra Dalek. If when we have a three Dalek rating, we need one extra Dalek that just sits off the side, just doesn't move. Yes, exactly. But you kind of distract <laughs> attention from it. Look at these other Daleks over here. Number yeah. four. Hold on. <laughs> yes. Good stuff. All right. Well, we're going to have to wake up from this dream of a podcast at some point, but not before we head into our codex and activate the randomizer. Right. Rather, I'm getting that my nouns mixed up. The codex is part of the randomizer. That's right. The randomizer consists of two parts. The codex is the part that has all of the Doctor Who stories listed in sequential order uh, and uh, counts down how many we have left to do. Pete, what's the magic number? It is now 193, now that I've just marked off Amy's choice. Oh my wow. gosh. 193, and that will tick up again come the spring. Come shoot his first season, but but not yet. We're at 193. And Dan graciously agreed to handle the other part of the randomizer, uh, yeah. which we call the executor, which is played by random.org. So yes, if you go to random.org on your browser, yep. you'll find a website that provides true randomness, not the fake randomness of, you know, the dream randomness of algorithms, but true randomness, which uses atmospheric noise. That's right, bits of psychic pollen dancing around the atmosphere uh, and bounces off them and gives them a, gives us a number. So download, if you go to random.org, you enter yeah. one and 193 as the two numbers. And then before you hit the generate button, okay, we'd like to give the randomizer some challenges. Okay. <laughs> we, we, uh, we started off calling them challenges. I really think we ought to call them prayers or just like <laughs> begging, begging the randomizer because the randomizer does love to, uh, hate on us and and uh, send us where we don't want to go, where we need to go, perhaps. Always sends us where we need to go. Uh, Pete, what's your what's your request of the randomizer? You know, I do feel like there are not as many episodes, like I say, that explore the Doctor's psychology and mm. his character in um, uh, anything more than a superficial way. And I, since I got a taste of it here. Uh, I want the randomizer to prove me wrong. Like, show me something that maybe I have seen before, but actually has some some deepness to the doctor and himself and or herself and what uh, the character is. So, I want some deep doctor, some doctor psychology. psychology. You know, yeah. So, I yeah. well, that's an appropriate moment to give a shout out to the psychology of time travel. Excellent go. book that also references Doctor Who, by the way. British novel. Love that one. Uh, talking about the effects of time travel. But yeah, that, I like that idea. Like, Let's see the psychology of the Doctor. Perhaps the psychology of how he's affected, how he or she is affected by time travel. That's got to be in there mm. somewhere. Uh, I'm going to say give us give us more dreams. Like anything else okay. that, that references a dream or maybe the, the realm oh. of the unreal. Maybe we're no, going to we get want some... This. What, oh, what no. don't we want? What? There, what? Never mind. You don't want to go. It's a Kirkby <laughs> well, episode. It's actually the time monster. The time monster. <laughs> actually, okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do yeah. The it has a dream. It actually opens with the doctor having a dream. Okay. Yeah. I, I've not seen the one, so I'd be yeah. excited to see that. But like the mind robber, that's also in a, you know, oh, like more man. ethereal space. Like that's a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's have a dreamlike environment. And uh, Emily, you can also give us, uh, give the randomizer request. Um, even though you, you don't have to watch the results, uh, you okay. can just request the Dalek's master plan and, and <laughs> giggle evilly as you saunter away. Well, I think I think it'd be really fun for you guys to cover a bit more Smith because, like you said, mm. you haven't had as much of that, and I think that'd be really fun. 
Um, yeah. uh, I think I think that'll be mine. I think because yeah, that's yeah. that's a real shame because it's such a fun era of the show to explore. Yeah. So, do you, do you have a favourite Smith? Um, perhaps not, not counting Day of the Doctor, which we've already done. I would say my favourite Matt Smith episode is I, I really like Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS a lot. I know that's a really oh, controversial yeah. one. I think it's really fun. I just really yeah. like it. You um, know what? I've I've asked for that in, in uh, previous requests the randomizer that we see more of like the more TARDIS interior. We yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Um, we did Invasion of Time, which is sort of one of the uh, famous uh, famously bad <laughs> exploration of the TARDIS interior. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe this is the moment. So, alright, well, when when we're ready, people give you a countdown. You hit the generate button and tell us what number the executor has given us. Alright, down with your finger on the button. Yes. Alright, in four, three, two, one. Excellent. Okay, 17. 17? Whoa! Oh, it's early, early. It's early. very early. And we are at, if I can scroll to the side, the moon base. Oh, oh I almost asked for Cybermen. I almost, you know, when I was doing my request, I was like, should I just go completely non sequitur and just say, yeah, we haven't had Cybermen in a while. Let's do some Cybermen. <laughs> well, you it, know what? The moon, the moon is traditionally associated with dreams. So there's, there's oh, there that you go. connection right there. Oh, yeah. yeah, the moon, the dream self, the dream side, the dark and, you side. Know, People say Trout is very similar to Smith's Doctor, so I guess that's a yeah. slight connection there. Yeah. And also, look, I'm wearing the, the TARDIS Dark Side of the Moon t-shirt. It's a very cool oh, t-shirt. Yeah, very very cool t-shirt. It's, how could it not be? It's interesting. So this is an episode that was missing for a long time. It was recovered. Mm. Uh, I read the no- I think I still have the novel. And it is... Uh, I've, I, I don't even know if I've seen it. I might have seen it once when it was first recovered but uh, this is this is going to be kind of new territory so this is awesome i love, I love seeing it. Sort of recovered episodes excellent Stuff i didn't grow up with thank you All right. for, for operating the randomizer there good job. you're very welcome you're very we'll, welcome we'll be back to check out that base on that giant egg in the sky uh <laughs> next time but uh first folks hey just so you know this is pull to open it's a podcast it's something you can subscribe to on whatever service you're on go ahead and give us a follow we're also on social media at pull to open on tiktok and blue sky and pull to open 63 on basically everything else don't forget you guys on youtube you can become a true companion of the podcast go ahead and uh subscribe to our membership and you will be able to get the podcast a day early also don't forget to check out come along pod Home said pod. Come along, pod. <laughs> Come along, podcast. Uh, Damla, where can people find you? You can find us on Instagram. Come along, pod podcast on Instagram. Uh, you can find us on TikTok. In their TikTok muted half of our flipping videos. That's the story for another day. Uh, you can find us oh, on yeah TikTok. Um, but yeah, you can find us on. We have a Patreon as well. So if anyone wants to support our show, we're on Patreon. Um, um, but yeah, the main place, the main main place is Spotify. That's where like we oh, um, yeah. have most of our listenership come from. So we were on Apple as well. But yeah, I'd say Spotify is is a good one. Well, if you're on Spotify, don't forget to vote on Amy's choice. Uh, it should be on your screen right now as you're listening to us. And then go and follow Come Along Bond and uh, get notified on their next episodes. And it's very exciting. I've actually been looking at the description of the moon base as we've been talking. And there is... Uh, Jamie does have a dream in it. There's oh. a dream of Phantom Piper. 
that he sees. So that'll be interesting. Uh, That's fun. (laughs) And yeah, we've got a three, you know, three companion uh, TARDIS crew. So it could be interesting to explore that dynamic. Ben, Polly, and Jamie. That next time there's three of them. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you so much, Damla, for dropping by. Martin West, thank you for your music as always. And we will see you next time on the moon. 